Welcome to Amplify. Music from Rachel Lavelle. This is the space between your hand and mine. Commissioned and performed by Crash Ensemble for their Reactions project and featuring in one of their concerts across the weekend of the 2021 New Music Dublin Festival. This is the third in a series of episodes covering the recent New Music Dublin Festival and today we feature two conversations recorded by phone with Crash Ensemble Artistic Director and Cellist Kate Ellis and composer and guitarist with Crash Ensemble Barry O'Halpin whose major work Wingform was premiered by the group on the Saturday of the festival. Hi, Kate. How are you? Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. Oh, gosh. Right. Hold on a second. Can you hear me? Oh, here. I can hear you now. Hey, how are you? lovely to be in a room with people and to be actually playing with people <laughs> i can't tell you how great that is we have ryan mcadams as you know from you know he's come over to these concerts it's lovely to spend time with him and really get to know the music and kind of delve in properly so yes it's really satisfying Myself and Andrew Hamilton selected five composers from an anonymous submission who were then commissioned to write the ensemble and mentored by Andrew. So we've read those across the two afternoons on Saturday and Sunday, and we've mixed those up with our reaction series. The reaction series are nine five-minute duos from composers kind of across the board that we commissioned in the middle of the summer last year as kind of a a reaction to life and what was going on last year and to try and kind of make some sense of it. So they've been turned into really beautiful videos by Laura Sharon. The 
process with these five composers, everything has been online. We've done lots of workshops with them. They've all been over Zoom. So it's all been quite abstract. They all came into the rehearsal and it just brings everything to life, actually, having the person who wrote the music in front of you. It's, you can have so much more of a conversation about the music when someone is actually sitting hearing hearing the real life piece in front of them instead of over this kind of flat 2D screen. And also I'd imagine that for the ensemble itself, if the composer is present, I mean, even, even if the composer is involved in the performance as, as a musician, you must feel that you're performing for the composer there. Like, in other words, there, 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 is an, there is an actual audience in the room. Yeah, absolutely you do. We kind of did a sort of like a dress rehearsal of all the pieces back to back. And we actually invited all of the composers to sit in and kind of listen to the whole rehearsal. So that was actually really nice because it kind of was like a, a five-person audience. It definitely did change the way we played the pieces through, I suppose. I had to get up in the morning at 10 o'clock at night, half an hour before I went to bed for a long, hard day at the NFT mine. It beat my last job. I'd have to clock in, sit down, and look at photos of livestock all day. I'd have to take down the sexiest ones. Given that it is an online festival and in terms of their whole rehearsal uh, process, you know, has there been any difference in approach in terms of uh, the group and its preparation for the concerts? I think like musically, everything is the same. Everything has the same commitment and, you know, the whole process is the same as it were. if If we knew that there were going to be a live audience, I think that part of it's the same. But I think in terms of kind of thinking about how the music is presented, that's obviously had to change dramatically. I've personally always been very interested in kind of bringing some sort of visual aesthetic to to the concerts. But I think for this festival, we've really had to kind of up the game a bit and we kind of have to think about that side of things a little bit more and to kind of focus a bit more energy in that, just in terms of what the online audience are actually going to see and hear. Of course, they're going to hear the same as they would in a concert hall or in a venue. But what they're seeing has to actually kind of match what they're hearing and has to also kind of keep their attention. Because everything is so 2D and everything is so flat, the music, you know, obviously will bring things to life. But then visually, I think you have to kind of, you know, you have to have to bring the visual side of things to life. Otherwise, it, be- it becomes very flat and it doesn't really do any justice to the music itself. Thank you. 
has this past year, has that given you more of an opportunity to explore this this combination of music with film and visuals and you know what are the kinds of things that you have have learned through this even even in preparing for these concerts we learned pretty early on into this whole unmentionable time <laughs> that we didn't really want to present something that was kind of from a you know someone's sitting room we wanted to actually let the music speak properly that was kind of part of the reasons for the reactions project. We've actually had quite a lot of practice at honing in on actually what we want to see. And because we know Laura so well and because she's worked so much, Laura Sheeran, this is because she's worked so much with the ensemble. She's a very musical person, so she understands musically what's going on. It, it, it kind of seemed a very natural process for her. It doesn't really take that much explaining, actually. She kind of understands the aesthetics of the music. We're very lucky in the sense that we have these relationships with these people and also composers, like the, the composers we commissioned for reaction. They knew what the outcome was going to be. They knew how the piece was going to be presented in terms of the fact that it was going to be a video piece. But, you know, everyone's had to be flexible and everyone's kind of had to be thinking about that in the creative process. And I, I know obviously you're you're looking you're looking forward to, to you know playing these concerts, but how much are you looking forward to twenty twenty two? Yeah, twenty twenty two is gonna be great. It's gonna be really great. It's also um it's Crash's twenty fifth year, so we're going to we're gonna have a good year, I think. I know we're gonna have a good year. I think everybody's gonna there's going to be a big sigh of relief, I suspect. I think we will. And even if it is not what we had anticipated last year when we were thinking of us all getting back in to the, to the hall and to, you know, to live venues. And even if it is a little bit different, uh, but we, you know, the most important thing is that we still will be in the same physical space somehow. And, and, uh, and that's it. That's, that's a big step forward. Listen, Kate, thank you so much. Yeah, you too. Bye. Talk to you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye. So it's Saturday afternoon, just after two, and I am going to call Barry O'Halpin. Hello. Barry. Hey, Jonathan. How are you doing? Uh, sorry, just a sec. I'm just outside, Mark, so I'm just going to put my mask on and pop in um, if you have a moment. Hey, um, how are you doing? Great. Tell me about this piece and 
it's a fairly major work for you, isn't it? Because it's kind of a culmination of your your composer residency with Crash. Yeah, pretty much. Like it's a, it's a huge huge thing for me. It's kind of been in gestation for three or four years, I would say. And I've done a lot of stuff during that time outside of it, but that's all led into this work. So it kind of covers a lot of ground in terms of what Crash can do as a, as a group. And for me, it's been an amazing opportunity to integrate lots of different approaches that I've tried over the last few years into one work that fits together. kind of worked it out with Crash conceptually. The idea was that it would be several movements for the full group and then with the solo guitar and kind of my more experimental approaches to the electric guitar as the connective tissue for the whole. So I had ideas for the ensemble work that was brewing for a while. So, you know, there's the source material, the mosquito drone, which is at the heart of it. The other part of it was using the electric guitar and the approach to experimental tunings and techniques that I was doing and using that as a launch pad to write ensemble music around it. So I wrote these two solo pieces in the last few years that are very kind of contrasting, but they share this same tuning that kind of enables different possibilities on the electric guitar. So one of them is far more kind of melodic and really allows the guitar to kind of reach these really low resonant points, but then also using really delicate sustained harmonics in, in extreme high registers so it gives the guitar an almost pianistic resonance and um, so that piece permeates the more melodic aspects of the ensemble movements it's like in the first movement you hear lots of that dialogue happening between the solo part that you've heard just before the movement and then the elaboration in the first movement And then there's another piece for a solo guitar that is far more percussive, so it's using the same tuning, but it's totally different. It kind of evolves from this very spacious, almost pitch percussion marimba type sound that I'm getting out of the guitar through this harmonics technique, but then it evolves into this much more volatile, clanging, metallic sound world, and then it ends up with this scratching finale that uses a transcription of a beetle stridulation for the kind of rhythmic shape of it and the gestural shape. At no point does it really sound like a conventional guitar just because I'm really focusing on this one technique where I'm using the left hand to kind of hammer on a lot and the right hand just covers the strings and you just get this very unusual effect. mentioned this mosquito drone i'm intrigued tell me about that yeah so that was basically one of the origin point in terms of sound material and conceptual material 
something I'd be re- I've been really interested in compositionally for a while was the idea of finding sounds in nature that had some kind of inherently immediate musicality to them, but that were just strange enough that they would bring something new and kind of add something to the musical language that wouldn't have been there otherwise. I did a lot of research, like looking through bioacoustics archives, like where there's lots of recordings of animal sounds. And I was kind of most interested in the more small scale, slightly hidden kind of sounds that haven't been done to death, like birdsong and all that. And I came across this one sample of a mosquito swarm and it was mixed in with the drone of the electrical hum in the background and together the swarm and the hum just create this really haunting strange gliding chord I transcribed it for the ensemble. I actually got to workshop it a bit and record different versions of the chord orchestrated for the ensemble. And that became like raw material for the composition. So I was able to kind of weave those different shapes and forms of this chord throughout the movements. And in terms of the form of the work or the scale of the work, like it's a it's an hour long piece in four movements. I mean, that even in itself must be a bit of a challenge around pacing, around the focus on different aspects of your material. Maybe talk to me about that or, you know, that some of the challenges and maybe how your residency or your sort of ongoing kind of work with 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 Crash maybe perhaps help that a little bit. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, and, you know, that was something that I think most composers would have to immediately face themselves, just the sudden excitement, but also fear of having to produce such an amount of music. And, you know, it, it ended up being four movements instead of three, which, which was the original idea. But sometimes the material just arises and you're like, well, it just needs to find a place. And it ended up being slightly longer than the original idea, which was probably about 40 minutes even though it is conceived as one big piece and there's common material that weaves through it, my idea was that it's kind of modular as well. And like there, you know, it could conceivably be performed in individual movements in, in other circumstances, but ideally with an opportunity like this to do it all as a whole and kind of create a whole experience.
you know, I think I approached the movements in themselves as individual pieces, but that shared material and that all achieved something slightly different in themselves. So like the first movement is really digging into the source material, but also playing with the melodic material from the guitar solo sections. And, and it's really kind of stretching out these interacting melodic lines very gradually. And it has that very spacious feel to it. Whereas the second movement is this much more mechanically, kind of almost biomechanical, kind of playful, rhythmic thing. There's a lot of kind of, you know, mechanical sounds, but then also twitching, almost living sounds. And the third movement would be kind of picking up where that left off, but it, you know, it, it, it's that the decision there was it's kind of a very fast but very delicate movement that goes from this very light, almost kind of tonal sound world to this much more spiky, aggressive sound world that kind of flits back and forth between them. And then the finale brings us back to that more ambient kind of slow moving place. And it's like a slow burnout of the entire thing. That one is more like almost referencing drone music and post-rock guitar textures mixed in with spectral harmony. And it's a real fusion of of a lot of things, but it's, it's an opportunity to slow things down after such a busy piece, you know, and just to unwind it.